Lord, we thank you for a new season of new opportunities. And they say, well, Heather told me that most of the jobs in 10 years' time don't even exist yet. Is that true, eh? 80% of the jobs that will be around in 10 years' time haven't even been known yet. So there's new industries opening up all the time. And we just have to pray and trust God for our children and our children's children that they will learn how to tap into and not want to start at the level their parents spent 40 years getting to, but be willing to start and learn new skills and new ways of doing things, minimizing life. Because for many, life is not going to be the big, rolling, luxurious gardens. She's back. Let's give it up for Janet. She's back. Now my theology will be checked and corrected and put in place. And at least you know, God keeps me happy. My wife keeps me humble. So now it's lovely to have Jane back. It's really, although we chat online and that. And over the weekend, during the week now, even though I was watching a bit of sport and she was somewhere else, just knowing that your company is in the house. <laughs> it's been so great. So welcome back, sweetheart. And I've told her she's not allowed in the kitchen for four weeks because the new master chef, Stevie Oliver, or Jamie Wheeler, whatever you want to call me, has taken control of the kitchen. Okay, some more? Okay. Pasta chef. You know, pasta is also fitting. Anyway, now that I've been flattered, and you know, flattery gets you everywhere, and my wife, I uh, got so bored, I even painted the kitchen. And I was waiting for Mama, Mama Bird to come back and pick it apart, and she didn't. She went, oh, this is nice. Yeah, so Bill, how are you doing, my friend? You had a deal with the virus, eh? Not you. Oh, oh okay, sorry. Who's, who's had to go to quarantine with their head? The Marocs. The Marocs? The Marocs, sorry, the Marocs. And Rob? And how are you doing? Hallelujah. Always fine. Always Yeah. Amen. And during it, what was your lowest point? Good reason to shut your business down for a year. Because you coughed. And Robbie? Mild flu. <laughs> okay, thank you. Mild flu, confirmed. I know Brian Miller struggled a bit. They admitted him to hospital just for precautionary, put him on oxygen. He came out and he's 100%. Brian is 85. Louise got it. Got a, she said it was a, a, quite a bad flu, not a mild flu. And she says she still hasn't got her full strength back. So, and then there's those with 
pre-underlying conditions that have passed away. And we can't discount that, and we're not trying to minimize the effect of that. People who've had bad heart problems or sugar problems or fighting cancer, where immune systems are terribly low and already compromised, this virus has taken advantage, and people have gone to be with the Lord, we trust, in most cases, and gives us a good reason to sober up and say, the world needs Jesus. And we're not here forever, and we mustn't just take it for granted that we have a personal relationship with Him that guarantees us life beyond death. Because none of us want to suffer in death. I want to go to sleep and wake up in heaven. Come on, and let's believe for that. But I guarantee you, you are going to die. <gasps> I went to a leaders meeting this morning, and the pastor told me I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. I just have to be, I know some of you don't like what I'm saying, but somebody had to tell you, you're going to die. But not yet, and not suffering, and definitely not from this demonic plague sweeping the earth right now. Come on. All the um, under 100 said? Amen. Amen. (laughs) Thanks for saying hallelujah, Mark. All right, so... Kirstney sitting very quiet at the back there. Have you started working again? Kirstney. Kirstney says I can call her Kirstney, Kirstney. Just don't call her late for lunch. She's happy. And uh, tell us how it's going with the... Um, yeah, I started in Jan again. I've got smaller classes, but it's going well. Great. Okay. Nice to hear that. Thank you. Thank you. And Donna, do you work from home or do you still have to go into the office every day? I know, I know. Tell us, Donna, what's more fun, working at home or working at the office? And not just because Dave's there or not there. (laughs) Well, yeah, work from home and work from the office and work out in the community. Doing lots of work in the community at the moment, actually running around like a chicken without a head, trying to stop chickens from stealing vegetables. So it's all good. <laughs> God provides, and I've, I've been wowed by the provision of God when we've needed things, how just being at the right place at the right time, needing a fence, needing poles, needing a gate to encircle one of these vegetable gardens. Arrive at a lady yesterday, and there's your fence, there's your, your um, gate, and there's poles. Didn't know I needed all that. That is how God has been providing. So it's been great. Loving the working from home. Loving the working (laughs) at the church. It's all good. Thank you. You got a gate and you didn't take offense. No, definitely. (laughs) And the Jansons. I want to ask the Jansons up front here. What's it like being in lockdown, working from home with three children? Something I'd not like to repeat. Wow. <laughs> and I tell you, we, we laugh and we jest, but can you imagine what it's been like for parents whose kids haven't been at school, haven't had daycare? I have a son who's, who went through a few months himself with children, and I have a new respect for single moms, single dads, 
like nothing. Yeah, just not not having access to the usual doing? support systems. We doing? we much much better now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that definitely definitely much better now. Yeah. But but yeah, when when it was really bad, it was it was incredibly challenging. <laughs> but we made it. Hans, <laughs> how's it been for you? Bad. <laughs> men are men, short worded. I would say it was difficult. Yeah. Uh, it well, maybe this morning we just pray again for our families where there are kids around. Who directly has lost work and who has direct family, as in children or brothers or sisters? Uh, maybe just raise your hand so we know who we can pray for. A couple of us, yeah, there are amongst us that are hanging on and trusting God. And let's be praying to that as well this morning. So it is a leaders' meeting with a slight difference in that we also want to share this online with our life groups and ministry groups and quadrants. So some of this video will be taken. So we just want to welcome those who are going to watch this video of the leaders' meeting this morning. You'll see us trying to keep some physical distance. Not social distance. We are not socially distanced. In fact, we're socially more connected than ever. But we do understand the nature of this virus with people with underlying conditions that it is fatal. So we trust in God. Mark, you told me this morning there's a 90? 93%. 93% recovery rate. I mean, that's better than probably so many other diseases in the world. And we thank God that... This too shall come to pass, says in the scripture, and that came to pass. Our children will read about this one day and go, wow, you know, and maybe we'll be better prepared for it going forward. So just welcome to those who are watching with us this morning. This is our leaders meeting, so I'm going to continue speaking to the leaders here today. Okay, anybody want to comment, say something before I get on a ramble and a roll and uh, questions? Ideas, possibilities, offering. <laughs> Should we take up an offering? <laughs> Quickly, bring the bucket. <laughs> I see there's somebody here. He's got 20,000 in his pocket. I see you come forward. I see God blessing you. I see you getting a house for free. I see someone giving you an airplane. Come bring your 10,000. Your... I see someone changing the channel. <laughs> You see, I don't only have Janet, and I have another somebody. I'm amazed at God's faithfulness through this time. I stand absolutely amazed. We had to cut our budget by 40% as a church, and there's been months where it's been dipped from there as well. Our staff have been understanding uh, people have been amazing, and, and we've seen that, you know, you don't just need a building to function, but to have this building in this footprint, in this area, costs us around one and a half million a year to sustain. That's before salaries. So you can imagine why wow, my nails get short towards the end of the month. But we've come through a year now. And we haven't got into debt. We've been able to pay our, sell, pay our staff, 
even though it's been short. And although we haven't taken our salary part of our salary, the church is still covering our phones and our uh, medical and our, our provident, which a lot of people don't have. So that 20% that we are getting, we might not be getting the salary portion, but we're getting help to keep going. And God has really blessed us in that little venture we started with the uh, guest house. We've had about a 75% occupancy. Janet has had to make an extra trip this year. We were committed to one trip to the UK a year. She has to do two. But in all of that, our bottom line on our bank account is in a better place than it was this time last year. Our personal account. We have brought our bond down to about 50,000 rand. 70, sorry. Okay. 72,146. But my point is, not that, oh, we're rolling now, but I'm just saying God has been faithful. And I believe it, and I'm trusting for you too, that His faithfulness in your situation, and in your situation, He's the same God. He knew we were going to be alive at this time. Sometimes we don't always step out on what He shows us, and we put ourselves back a bit. Sometimes it's a good time to get to my little preach this morning. Everybody ready with their Bible? Don't worry, I can, I'll just quote it because I know it by memory. A few weeks ago, I shared a teaching based on Isaiah 61 where it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, for he has anointed me to preach good news. And he goes on, set the captives at, at liberty, not my phone, set my cap- captivity free, you know, open the eyes of the blind, open the... And then we come to the New Testament, Luke 4 and Matthew 5, where Jesus gets up and it's his first sermon, in effect. He had, before that said, declared the kingdom of God is here. So that was kind of his first sermon. But he goes into a synagogue, goes to the scroll, opened at Isaiah, and he reads. And it's verbatim, word for word, what we find in Isaiah 60, with the one difference where he says, instead of opening the prisons, open the eyes of the blind. And that's no coincidence. That's not just a chance. I don't know if you heard that sermon. Did any of you watch the online or listen to the radio? It was about three, four weeks ago. It is there. I won't cover the whole thing now. But the poignant point here is that opening prisons is synonymous with getting our eyes opened. Now, he was also talking about physical healing, and people need physical healing. It can be a miracle. It can be uh, progressive. I'm all for physical sight being restored, but it's very sad to live with no spiritual sight. And Jesus came to restore sight so that people could see beyond what's immediately in front of them. Because we've all got things that are immediately in front of us, that can limit our view, and that's all we focus on, is this thing directly in front of us. It's all we speak about. It's all we perceive with our senses. It's where we make our judgments. It's where we set our value systems. But we don't see beyond that thing to the possibilities of God. 
this message has kind of been in my spirit because I've had to live through this COVID time like all of you. And I've had my moments where I've just wanted my world to get smaller, sell up, get a small little caravan, get just enough money that I can buy my pup and place and have, sleep with a nine mil under my pillow. You know, protect, small, secure. And then I keep feeling God saying, like Janet said just now, look beyond that. I gave my church a mission to go into all the earth and preach this gospel. Do you, don't, you don't think I know how to get you there. This COVID time is just a, a comma in the sentence that's written for the end times. And I, I'm very curious and intrigued to actually stop, pull out some of my, my extra, 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 see how long it's been since I pronounced that name, my eschatology, because the end times says people will be saying, ah, it's, you've, the, so many people have been saying this, they said it, you know, Hitler, and then they said it was Napoleon, but then they said it was the sea, you know, it's just another time, you know. But, but, but Jesus said, when they start talking like that, be careful. The end is near. And I think there's something there where I, I'm, I'm more of a victorious eschatology. I believe Jesus is coming back for a vibrant church. Not that church sitting at the rapture bus stop with no clothes and frozen and hungry and, and sick. But having said that, we've we got to be careful. Because yes, victorious in our perspective, can be different to victorious in God's perspective. What does God see as victorious? It might be beyond what we see immediately in front of us. We see what we think is success. God sees beyond that. We think we know what is favor. God sees what true favor is. We see what we think is being blessed. God sees something else. And we do need our eyes opened. And I need to keep challenging myself because I'm living through this time like you are to keep on saying, am I limiting how I see my family, how I see businesses, how I see the church, how I see the country? Because the moment you do that, you lose your vision. And maybe for, maybe for some of you, living at home, living on top of each other all the time has created some blocks. And you can't see a life beyond that block. But God. But God. So, in the midst of all that's going on, and we can talk for ages, and we, we can share all the conspiracy theories, and we can share you know, all the statistics, and I could keep you here the whole day, and we could talk about COVID, COVID, and the world, and blah, blah, blah. Um, my prayer for you, God, open our eyes to see beyond what's directly in front of us. So, the other day, I'm walking through this coffee bar area, and as I do, I notice this... Um, This, this, not this. This was, this was, this is my file, which I was going to speak from, and I have no clue what I was going to say from here. But uh, I promise you, I did prepare for this meeting. 
I just didn't get a chance to, to look at my notes. Okay. I saw this box. And it was, it, I was quite intrigued because one of the first pieces of furniture I ever made was a little table that looked exactly like this. And it, was on, and it used to lie on the floor and it had a pot plant on it. I thought I was so clever. Come on. Whoever meddled in carpentry a bit? Uh, whoever, when they were young, and you went out and you bought the saw, and then you bought the, 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 screw, the, the screwdrivers and the blah, 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 and, you, you know, and you, that smell of cutting wood and then varnishing it, and, yeah, look what I've made. I was so proud. Everyone, people used to come and visit. I said, I've just got to show you something quickly. Oh, nice pot plant. Oh, is there something underneath it? Man, I made this. <laughs> and uh, so I see this lying in the ch- children's church, and I thought, what the heck, after all these years, this thing has followed me around? That's like impossible. I mean, how, how, how did this thing follow me around for so many years? And I didn't notice. Then I noticed, hang on, there's hinges. And, but it can't lift because it's got hinges on both sides, which is pretty crazy. Oh, that means it opens in the middle. Oh, I see. So it opens in the middle. Now my brain's going, Lord. Are we missing something? Because we're only looking at what's happening on the outside. Are are we allowing certain mindsets to hold us back because we're only at this level? You know, I've tried this before, it didn't work. You know, I did this and I wasn't acknowledged and, you know, I had to move to another place and, Am, am I looking at this or, or am I seeing beyond what's there and going, hang on, what does this mean for me? Now, now, now when I opened that box, let me ask you, what did that mean for you? Trevor, when I opened that and you saw that there, what, did, did something, what was the first thought or first kind of, uh, other than Steve's lost his marbles? Take time okay, to... uh, when you open that box, I saw, wow, there's so much more to that. Oh, there's so much there's more. There's so much more. Wow. Like the hidden things of God, there's so much more. Yes. There is. So, yeah, that's what we look for. I do anyway. <laughs> yeah, when I looked, I thought to myself, no, it's not what I thought it was. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's different to what I thought it was. And I love darts. Yeah, that was a hint. <laughs> but Trevor makes a good point there. Did you hear that? I love darts. I don't love staring at a box. But what is it we love about darts? I think it's the feeling of having community, fellowship, fun around an objective. Now, can you imagine if we as a church saw what God has called us to? 
as having fun around an objective. Not just worshipping for worshipping's sake. Not just sitting and receiving a message for the message's sake. Not just going and being part of a, a, a caring ministry or something. For, but, but because we love something that we're going to do together. And you know what? It's going to be something you love doing. This thought of God wants you to do the things you hate doing because that way he's going to teach you patience. I don't know if I believe in that God anymore. Sorry. I grew up with lots of fear around that God. It's like little assemblies of God church I was in. Like a girl came in. I mean, she had one eye in the middle of her forehead. And, and I'm being very naughty now. But I thought God was going to tell me to marry this girl because he, you know, she was going to be lonely her whole life. And, and, and if God told me to marry her, I'd have to, even though I, I, you know, God was going to make life tough for me because I needed humbling. I need to be, uh, sorry, I, I used a terrible example there. I, I'm not running down, but you get the point. It's like, you know, some of you girls, when you feared God was going to make you marry the ugliest guy in the church. Maybe that's a better example, you know. Full two fingers, you know. Okay. So, I love playing darts. I love doing something together. And, well, let me ask somebody else. Who ever played darts before? Whoever? Okay. Sheila, what does that bring up to mind? I think the competitive spirits in playing the, gar- the <laughs> darts and having to win at all costs. <laughs> Especially beating the guys. <laughs> Now, did you, did you hear the, the qualifying word there? <laughs> there is a sense that God created us to want to stretch and better perform. And, 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 and yes, it's got its dangers and it's got its loopholes. And, but, but he wanted you to be the best you you could be. Because in his economy, there's no one like you. And there's no comparison because there's nobody else to compare you with. That just means he wants you to be the best darts player on the table. He wants you... You see, 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 darts is interesting. There is that competitiveness. But that's just because I'm also competing with myself. I know what I'm capable of. And when I miss it, I know, man, I I know I could have hit that. It's like golf is another sport where you compete. You've got a handicap because you're competing against yourself. So to go about my Christian life and to use my gifts that God has given me and to want to be the best at it is not being selfish. It's not be, being um, uh, uh, arrogant. It's, 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 not, it's not a sin. It's not self-centeredness to want to be the best beauty that runs a life group in Claremont. <laughs> Because there's no other beauty there. There's some beauty, but there's no beauty. Darts. What does darts mean to anybody else? When you saw the dartboard and you saw the... Holidays. Janet. Okay, Janet wants to say... Well, she said holidays, yeah. So, why holidays? Oh, you've got the time to play. 
Let's go to go on the camera. This means you're somewhere where you've got some free time to have fun. I just, my memory of darts is getting better and better as you play over the holidays. You know, in the beginning, you're throwing a dart and it's hitting a flat and bouncing on the floor. And then towards the end, you can almost get the dart to where you actually want it to be. But because you've got the downtime, you play. Sure. And, yeah. and you don't take yourself so seriously when you've got downtime to do things. There's Rob over there. We'll come back. Trev's ready. said something. There's, there's one over there. I enjoy the, the options that are available to get to the end result. So I need a score of 60. I can throw 320s. I can do a bullseye, two black eyes, whatever, to get to that end result. So it's not always the same route that you're following. There's a, there's a kind of creative, strategic kind of aspect to it as well. Interesting. The decisive word there, creative. It, different ways to get things. Options. We don't have to live a stagnant, boring life. There are many ways to skin this cat. And I've got to be just as good as aiming for a double eight that I've got to be for that little cherry in the middle there. Darts isn't just about hitting the bullseye. There's a time in the game where the double 12 is the bullseye. And the way you get through different games, there are different options because there's different games. There's killer there's 301, 501, which are the common ones. There's other variations, numbers. And, but the whole thing is there's creativity. I think we all long for creativity. Don't you get bored with like just the same old, same old? I think even during this lockdown, I've, I, I've, I don't know if it was turning 60 or the lockdown, but I just had a change. I just had this epiphany that be fun to learn to cook and not depend on takeaways and Janet. So I started watching a few things and I started getting exciting about it. You'll never believe it. I have built a little herb garden. I know the difference between rosemary and parsley. Can you believe it? I, I have learned I haven't worked on my coriander parsley yet. Thanks for putting... No, thanks for humbling me. I needed that. No, no, no. Before I get too proud, before I I, I, I phone Jamie Oliver and say, hey, listen, get over here. I need to just... And then I watch Jamie. I get some ideas. I love his combination of foods and flavors. Everything's delicious. And you just drizzle this and sprinkle that. And it's just absolutely, oh, I'm in love with it. I'm going to make love to my food. He's just like, he takes eating and cooking to another level of excitement. And I'm like, I can do this. And the therapy of cooking. It's not like, I'm doing hard labor because my wife's back and I'm cooking for her. Quite honestly, I don't want her in my kitchen. And then I'm looking through a book, a magazine, and I see some, you know what paint can do to the inside of your house? I mean, it's like the cheapest way to just transport. I see, you know, I'm tired of these brown, beige, cupboard doors, brown, beige walls, brown, 
it's like a, like a little walk into an army camp. Just brown, 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 brown. So, the colors that are in are gray and white and black. So, I get to painting. Every night I've got a bit of free time, painted cupboard. Then I'll stand back. Then you know, then you notice something else doesn't look nice. Now you've got to put the, the edgings on. Then you stand back and then you open the cupboard and now it looks terrible inside. So you end up wallpapering inside the cupboard. Then you close the cupboard and you stand back. Then you notice the knobs are dirty. Then all the knobs come off and you're Googling, how do you clean brass knobs? Soak them in tomato sauce. Into tomato sauce overnight. Doesn't work. Went to the shop, got brass like everybody else does. Got my knobs cleaned, put them back on. Yo, I'm so excited now. Now I see, oh, the blinds are looking awful. Did I not even notice these? Now I've got to get blinds. Now I've got to get blinds. But oh, I know Janet is usually the, in charge of all things decorative and, and aesthetic. So I'm taking a big risk here. Phone my sister. Help me. I need help. I'm going to send you photos. Tell me what you think. She liked this one. I said, I'm going for it. Send Janet a picture. I just get this, uh-uh. <laughs> she thought I was joking. <laughs> anyway, the bottom of all that is that she loves it. But back to what Rob said. Man, sometimes, and what you said, when we slow our lives down a little bit, we find it's not a sin to spend an hour in the kitchen. I mean, for me, it was, I could be doing this, I could be visiting this one, I could be writing this, I could be preparing, I could be, and, and something just in my spirit just went, I can't do that anymore. I cannot live like that anymore. And I'm so at peace. I'm enjoying the presence of Jesus. And he, he, he loves food, by the way. I thought I should just let you know. Hey, especially Indian food, eh? curry. Hey, hey, my Jesus, he loves his rotis and his chicken curry. And I'll make a divine chicken curry. Chicken and prawn curry. Who ate my chicken and prawn curry? Anybody? Akel. Where's Akel? Oh, shame, he's at a funeral. Who, someone else came. Can't remember. Uh, Bernard and Megan, yeah. Anyway. Uh, I'm waffling. Dart. Someone had their hand up here. What did it, when I opened that, what did, who, who played Dart? And what is, like a memory or an emotion or a feeling or a, did, did you? Was it you? Stevie? I hate darts <laughs> because I can't hit the, I can't hit the board. Okay. And so I, it was quite interesting. Uh, I was just analyzing what I was feeling when you opened the door because it was a surprise as to what was in there. But then I, took it to the spiritual side which you're trying to get to that God had me open the door so he wants me to do something with this dartboard and even if I don't particularly know what I'm going to do with it or I don't particularly like what the traditional way of using a dartboard is um, this is an opportunity obviously because I would never have opened it unless I'd been prompted to find the where the door opens. So there's an opportunity here, and God has brought it across my path. So what is that? And that's the next, that's the next part of it. And I could see in that this is a great opportunity for me to do something I love doing, getting people together and connecting them. And so um, 
I'll be getting some people that love darts together, and out of that will come a wonderful benefit to community. Wow. Sure, thanks, Steve. That, there was a whole lot in there. In fact, we should have recorded him and put that on Sunday. This is a good word. I, I heard him talking about learning to do new things. You know, some of us are so stuck in our way. We're like, a, a rut is a shallow grave with the two ends blocked. And we get stuck in our little ruts in life and we don't want to try new things. And, and it's so true of me. My son keeps saying, Dad, you've got to come snorkeling with us and catching crayfish. I'm like, what? I'm terrified. There's sharks out there in the water. They're crazy. You go catch me a crayfish. I don't say that. But my, my, my point is, you know, maybe there are some things that if I did, I would love them. And instead of being so hard on myself, that I'm not allowed to have fun. Oh, by the way, God told me as well. He found so much joy in finding you doing something you love. I'll say it again. God finds so much joy in seeing his children doing something they love doing. And you must do it. And you must be good at it. And if it's learning to play a musical instrument, do it. If it's, in my case, maybe putting snorkel and flippers on, I'll just do it. If it's, you've never cooked before and you heard my story this morning, it's therapeutic, by the way. Paint a wall in your house. Someone says, but I heard you, you following in your wife's footsteps and you're also painting now. I said, yeah, no, one wall at a time. <laughs> I'm realistic about my limitations, but having said that, I know some people, and Michelle and Arnold and Ivan Douglas, they decided one day they wanted to learn to paint. Off they went to painting lessons. And now then they loved it. I always felt too guilty, wasting time. We've got this work to do. We need to get on with the job and we need to hear one click and we need to do it now. Save the world. But you know, God says when you're having fun, you're going you're gonna to save the world. Because you know what? It's not hard work that's going to get you. It's being inspired that's going to get you. What inspires you? What comes easy? What? Like for me, for me, this, this. So, so point taken, Steve that you've got to take risks, you need courage to do, to do new things. And hey, listen, I love your idea. I know I can get a bunch of guys around a dartboard like that. Because guys, there's guys who just, they don't want to necessarily sit around and, and you know, just eat all the time. I mean, that's fun. But, but a little bit of, you know, playing pool would be the same. Playing cards. Would be, you can see Mama spent youth, eh? We played dominoes the other night. Believe me. I loved playing darts as a teenager. Okay, there was a whole lot of stuff that went on with it. But I really, like when I saw this, my first, when I opened, I went, hey, man, this is cool. What's cool for you? What's cool in your life that you're thinking, I'd like to do that? And in doing that, I'm going to be as good as I can be well, your starting place is you have to take aim. You have to aim at something. You've got to know what you're going for. 
Secondly, you've got to position yourself properly. We're doing this because we are at peace with God and joy in the world and our conscience is not worrying us. And then we need to execute. We need to do something. What is that thing? Maybe in your business you're going, Shh, I don't know, I just see a wooden box. What's behind the wooden box? My marriage. It's a, it's a pine box. What's beyond the pine box? South Africa's predicament right now with everything against us. Is there something beyond that? That we're going to need courage and find joy in doing. And doing this together, doing church together, living in community together, can be a great privilege. I'll just finish with this little anecdote. I may have shared it with you. It had a big impact on our lives back in Pretoria where it got us into developing properties. Is we, you know, getting a reasonable salary, but we, we want to do, do some things and we didn't mind money for it. We were standing in our bedroom praying one day and we're looking out into our garden and the Lord reminded us of a story of a farmer in Kimberley whose son or grandson said, I'm not doing this farming thing. This is just, oh, I want to go make money. I want to go, you know, to America. I want to go, yeah, I want to go, I want to go make money. This, you know, I can't live like this. We're living like paupers here. And we're living hand to mouth now. And years later, 30, 40 years later, he read a newspaper article sitting somewhere in New Zealand that they discovered diamonds on his farm in Kimberley. And the owners had been given government, you know, they'd been, they'd been paid out very, very well re, uh, rewarded. Well. And now I'm not saying that there's never a time to move. There's also anecdotes around, you know, moving. And, but this story made an impression on us because instead of going off and doing something else, we had an opportunity on our doorstep. Instead of running off and doing something else, we had diamonds on our property. Instead of stressing it, we, we saw there were diamonds on the land, and we said, hang on, we're going to subdivide, and we're going to build another place, and it was in the right area, the right time, the market was right, and we sold. And that was our first step up into being debt-free. And I say that to the praise of God. But to say to you again, what's beyond your box? What will excite you? What will need some courage? What will you be prepared to risk for? What can be fun? And they say the world's never going to be like it was. I don't know what it was. It was a mess anyway, so... I don't know, you know, if we really want the world of drug slavery and, you know, uh, prostitution and rings and slave, children slave, sex slave and all. I don't know if we want that world back anyway. I think we, we're desperate for a new world. Well, thanks to the three of you. I know all of you at home got excited about that. But I believe we're here now for such a time as this. 
And it might need some change in the way we do things. might need change to the color of our kitchen. It might need change to how we use our time. Because like I said, right at the beginning of COVID, we can look back on a year, and I said a year, a year of being at home, and I've just watched 32 series, series on Netflix. And, you know, or I could have read five books and watched two series. Or, or learned to play the keyboard and watch the series. <laughs> you get my point. And a lot of people, I think they've been so mentally depressed during this time. It's, it's, they need encouragement. We need encouragement. Do you need encouragement? I need encouragement. Let's press on. Let's look beyond the box. Let's see that God's got something there. Let's go for it. Let's stand up together. And Father God, I just want to first of all thank you for every gift standing here this morning that made the time, made the commitment, made the priority to put their hands up at this time. And even being together here, Lord, we want to declare that you are building your church and you said that you will give us the keys of the kingdom that we can partner with you on earth as it is in heaven. That you said that if we agree it's touching anything, we will take those keys and open doors that no man can shut. So we want to now pray for courage over the single parents with children, the married couples with young children, We just want to lift them up to you right now and pray for an abundance of grace, abundance of wisdom. Just picture someone in your mind who fits that category and just pray for them. Pray in the spirit right now. Just pray. Pray for you watching this morning. If you're watching this and you're a single mother or a single father or you just got children and you're at the point of just wanting to run away, I want to speak God's courage and peace over you right now. I want to pray that you would come to just experience the all-sufficiency of God's ability in your life. Know this, that this will come to pass. And God is going to take this and turn it for the good in your life in ways you've never imagined. The Word of God says nothing is too difficult for God. And this impossibility is a possibility. Trust in Him. Call on Him in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, we're businesses of floundering, where people have found themselves without jobs. We come again. Just think of somebody, just get someone in your mind, and we declare over people that are unemployed, looking for new employment, needing to make changes and decisions beyond the box that's in front of them. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're looking at a closed box right now in your own personal life. Maybe the industry has changed. Maybe they've closed offices. Maybe what was in in demand is now oversupplied. Don't look to what's directly in front of you. Look at what's beyond you. God knows what he called you for, what he purposed you. He has gifted you to get through the season. Trust in him. Don't trust in people. Don't trust in man. Don't even trust in your salary. Trust God who is faithful because there could be diamonds 
in your fields right now that you don't even know about. But as you say, God, open my eyes, like you promised, that the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you, that you will bring good news to the poor, to raise up the brokenhearted, to heal those that are captive, and to open the eyes of the blind. We pray for open eyes, to see the opportunities, to see the possibilities, to know that God is able. In Jesus' name we trust and we pray. Call upon you. Call upon you. Those who are not well at this time, those who are struggling with precondition, underlying conditions, we pray for the supernatural flow of healing and power to flow into their bodies. Those who are caught in fear as they look at this COVID box, caught in total anxiety as they look at this COVID box, I pray now ours would be opened to see the hope to which we have been called, that God has not been taken by surprise with a little virus, but God is able to do abundantly above all we ask or imagine. And we declare by the power of the stripes of Jesus, supernaturally healing flow into your body. Supernaturally wisdom come to the medical profession. Supernaturally This virus will go as quick as it came. It will disappear without any explanation. It will be gone. The church says enough. The church says we stand against this onslaught. Demons, you will not take people early in their lives. We declare the healing power of the blood of Jesus over our families, over our bodies, over our children and our our grandchildren. In Jesus' name. And the church will prosper. The church will advance. The gates of hell shall not stand against her. Hell will not plunder heaven, but heaven will plunder hell. And right now we declare over the church of Jesus Christ a release to fulfill the mandate that is bigger than just one church, bigger than just one Christian. But as your body on earth rises up in this hour to seize the moment, we pray for a mighty outpouring of your power and your grace. Your power and your grace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for those who joined us this morning. Thank you to all the leaders who are here. Let's give the Lord a praise and just say, thank you, Jesus. You are on the throne. You rule. You reign. God bless you. Have an awesome day and we'll be letting you know how things progress from here forward. While it's only 50, we won't be gathering on Sundays, but there is a life group meeting here, and life groups are free to meet under COVID protocol, but there will be some worship and thing happening here on Sundays, but it's not an official, we haven't started meetings as such. But we will be letting you know, forthcoming. Remember the website is up and running. Who has not been on the website yet? Howie.org. Dot ZA. Not highway.co, highway.org.ca. ZA, SA. No wonder I couldn't get on. Highway.org.za. And there's going to be a little button there called Church Online. Takes you straight into this, what we're doing. So you'll see your pretty face next Sunday morning. And there'll be another button soon that says Soaking Worship. Bang! Glory. Gold dust. Gems. Angels. Feathers. Pow, 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 pow.
coming soon on the website. And God bless. Have an awesome day. Cheers.